0: OTB GAA. Burns was on another planet this year, boys. Like in the first half of the All Ireland final this year, old Murphy put a puck out down. Burns puts the claw up and puts it back over the bar. Like.
1: Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember.
0: Effortless shave, magnificent moves. Turning our attention to rugby. Ireland's huge match with South Africa this Saturday. Who better to do that with than OTB own? Resident Springbok, Stephen Kisby-Green. Stephen, very good morning.
1: Morning, Johnny. Morning, Johnny.
0: No jersey clash. I was just going to say, I was expecting the jersey this morning. I was nah, not a bit today.
1: Got to be, be nice and pristine for the for the weekend when I'm in the, in the stands.
0: Fair, fair. Um, speaking of the jerseys, what did you make of the... I mean, the, the jersey clash is ridiculous. I know we were talking earlier this morning, I know the away team gets to wear their choice, is it? Yeah, the Irish two-away jerseys are basically similar. Surely we have yeah. the... We're allowed to wear the green, Stephen.
1: Well, no, so it, well, the way rugby works is the home team wears the alternate kit. No. Like it goes into the history of the fact that the, uh, oftentimes a travelling t- team probably wouldn't have had their, their away kit with them because of various reasons. So the, the team that has access to all of their kits at their home would be able to, sw- would be able to swap. Um, but yeah, it makes absolutely zero sense for the only... Um, country that, that ireland play that have a kid clash to be south africa and they make the jersey almost identical in color to the south africans
0: it's, it's one of those things where we're, we're, we're talking about it now but anyone who sees the papers or listens or hears the reports on the jersey clash is going to be like we're going to know about it in advance but there's going to be a whole army of people just tuning into the match on the weekend going what what's going on here like, both in the stadium and on TV. It's going to be balls.
1: I think the argument that the kit designers probably have is that South Africa never have a kit clash with the, with the All Blacks, and they wear All Black. But the, the problem is, the All Blacks is jet black. The Springboks is that dark green with the white shorts. The Irish Away kit, or Alternate kit, is a almost off-black type green with like a green stripe, and it just—it looks so similar in in hue to the the dark green of the Springboks. Granted, that by the looks of things, they're going to be wearing dark shorts, so you can d- differentiate the two by the by the color of the Springboks shorts. But it—it's honestly the most ridiculous thing I've ever I've ever seen in my life. We, we saw it five years ago when South Africa came to Dublin. The exact same thing happened. There was outcry by from more people in the stands, but they couldn't see who, who was who. Add to that it was dark and, and, and miserable as it 's supposed to be on saturday it's just, it 's a perfect um, combination of what is wrong with the commercialization of rugby jerseys and jerseys in general They, they, they designed a hideous kit to be sold because it 's different to their to their home kit and they didn't take into account any of the actual factors that go into an actual alternate kit. Like Mick said it last night on, on air, Ireland would be better off wearing their home kit, and if you actually look at the two jerseys side by side, 100 percent. The Irish home jersey is lighter and, com- and different entirely to the Springboks home jersey. You can legitimately wear both teams' home jerseys, and although they're both green, so the referee might have to come up with a different, like we, we would say green or gold, for example, roll away. Aside from that, the referee having a bit of a struggle remembering which, which side he's declared as green, it's, it makes no sense for them not to wear the home jerseys. Hmm. it's bizarre isn't <laughs> it like, bizarre it's not like this two ball game or whatever you see the women's team wearing the orange and the uh in Scotland and um, how iconic that jersey has gotten, and uh, it's lovely to see that we we have our memories of like the orange in uh, Macedonia not so much, but I I, I just thought this was, like how
0: how could this happen? Like, well, the the, the scary thing is the Springboks are so big that them running at you is scary enough, but if you don't see them coming because of the jerseys, well, that just adds to it. <laughs>
1: I mean, that, that might be a sly tactic on the Irish part, so the, maybe the Springboks will get confused. They don't know yeah. which, they, they don't know which is a team so They'll just pass randomly and then hopefully. they'll get <laughs> In the <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's how they're doing it, but it's it's. Is there, so what about socks and and shorts and all that? How is that going to class? As, f- as far as I know, um, I haven't seen the. I, I, we've only seen from the knees up of the of the away kit or the alternate kit. Sorry, as, as I say, so it's black shorts, a off off green black top, um, and I think probably a black sock. Um, that would make sense bare with the rest of it. It could be this traditional home green sock which, again, would make zero sense. But, of course, who cares about what actually looks good as long as you sell jerseys? Mm. Um, this. Yeah, obviously the Springboks will be wearing their, their green and gold with the white shorts and then the green and gold socks, so, uh, unless they pull a late change and actually wear white, which is, I think is their current away kit, unless it's that god-awful red-orangey thing that they wore uh, four years ago. And I actually can't remember the last time I've seen the Springboks play in an alternate jersey. The only time it was that god-awful... Orangey um, thing in, in uh, Mumbella Stadium,
0: uh, Stephen. The Springboks name. They're three yesterday. Um, this back three. Talk to us about this this South African back three because it's um, it's terrifying on paper. Um, like where, where do you want to start it? It's Chesney starting a fullback for the first time. Uh, it's quite interesting as well. So a few different strands to this team that that um, stood out.
1: Yeah, I would argue this is probably the most. Terrifyingly deadly-looking back three that a world that an international team can put out. Like, I'm not saying that they're the best because that, that that's too arrogant. But like just in terms of the fear, the fear factor that they've got on their their speed, their agility, their counter-attacking ability, their ability under the high ball, it's it is dynamic. And just to say the words dynamic of a Springbok back three is kind of like um, oxymoronic, mm-hmm. but. Chetland Colby is one of the hottest steppers in the world. This has been widely known for since 2018, or well, 2019, when he broke um, uh, Owen Farrell's ankles. Um, but th- now you've got Colby 2.0 and Kurt lee Aronser on the wing. Um, li- literally, fo- his career path has followed identically to uh, Colby. He's just three years behind, so maybe in the next two years he'll be, he'll be going over to France. Um, but you, so you got th- you got those two br- brilliant hot steppers and the pace that they've got and the ability they've got to to get around the outside, and then you've got Makdala Mapimpi, m- m- who's one of the m- most prolific finishers at the moment. He's got speed to to um, to to burn, and there's ba- basically it's it's a matter of how much ball time, how much b- time with with ball in hand they get. Now um, there there is a bit of a a weakness in a way in the, in the fact that Colby and Aronson are both on the short side. So against um, a box kick, for example, or a, a deeper kick that's a contestable in the air, you might favor the taller man, theoretically Gary Ringrose, or um, uh, Mac Hansen is not, not too much taller than the two of them, but... He's probably jumped a little bit higher than maybe than maybe so I don't know about Colby, but he can probably get above Arntz. So if uh, if the if the Irish look to exploit the the, the kicking game that, that that way, there could be a bit of a weakness there. But what I do like is the fact that Colby has never started a test match at at fifteen. But he's been yeah. playing f- uh, fifteen in France and playing a bit at ten. He's basically been moved all over the backline except for the centres. And what he what he brings to the South African, oh, granted it's an untested uh, system, but what he brings to the South African system is a second receiver role that we haven't had for a while, and that's one that, is, the, I, he's very similar to Damien Willemser in the way that he can attack the line, he can exploit that space and he can hit the shoulder, but he's also got that bit of a sort of sleight of hand, a an out-the-back out the sort of pass. He's... You don't know what he's going to do when he's got ball in hand, and for a second receiver to have that in South Africa without any kicking game. Now, I don't think Colby has too much of a kicking game. He can probably chip and chase, and he can probably put a grubber in, but I wouldn't trust him to 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 put a cross kick over um, to, to Mapimpi or put an up and under up. So, th- having a the only other fly off option being Colby for this weekend, uh, unless you really wanted to put um, Valila Ru in there. Um, not not being a dynamic attacking kicker of the ball is interesting, and, and sort of so, sort of shows that whilst South Africa are saying that they're going to be playing their traditional Bach rugby, it probably won't be as as, as everyone obviously as boring as you might actually imagine.
0: Like uh, Kurtley Aronsa who, who you mentioned, the pace of him in particular when you watch the Bulls is is standout. And is that the thing? And then so Colby, as you said, like his previous twenty caps were on the wing. So to to get him into fullback for the first time is that just to, to make way for someone like Curtly Aronsa in the team as well?
1: Potentially, could more. I think it's more the fact of trying to make way for, for Colby at the, at the moment. Right, yeah. You can't. Exa- I mean, unless Arnzer gets banned again for a a, a very stupid tackle that he made then it was a rifle ban um I, you can't really uh, shoehorn him out of the squad in the form that he's in at the moment and Vili LaRue adds a bit more versatility and I, I know I've just ranted and raved about Jacoby's versatility but it's, it's a different type of versatility to what LaRue has mm. LaRue has a little bit more experience he's a little bit more level-headed in a way yeah so putting him on the bench basically allows the South Africans to go full, full on counter attack and full on structured play in the in the first half. With LaRue being able to exploit a bit of tired bodies in the second half, wherever he comes on, and because he's got the most experience lining up as the second receiver for South Africa behind Pollard, he's got that ability to play the more structured and more. Um, South African style of play in the second half when you might need him to do that. So probably it, it, it's partially because you want Curtley Aronser in the starting uh, starting 15, but then you've also got the the, the ability of of Colby to sort of, be, he'll have more time on the ball at fullback, I think. He'll be brought into the attack line a lot more often because Jesse Creel, for all his good, his good attributes, oftentimes he won't get the ball out to the wings and he'll close the space by running laterally. And you don't want to do that when you've got Colby outside you. You'd rather, be, you'd rather let Colby be the second receiver and then he offloads to, to Creel in space.
0: What about this massive pack, South African pack, uh, and the bomb squad? I mean, huge. And that's an area that the, the Irish team will have, will have targeted and training, no doubt, and tried to work out ways of manipulating and, and, and getting one over, but that's not easily done. What can you do? Yeah? <laughs> I mean, what do you do?
1: I mean, uh, the, the easiest way to to do it, and Rory O'Connor was talking about it last night, is try and move them around. But the problem is th- South Africa are so dominant at the breakdown, if they don't get over the ball, they, they slow you down. So Ireland will try as much as they can to run South Africa ragged, but it's the, pro- the, the problem is trying to get that quick ball. Like going up against Ibn Etzebeth, Lourdes and Peter Steph de Toy, and then you've got Franco Mostert on the bench, it's just the, the, that second row is massive and physical and dominant. It's imp- I, I don't see how Ireland have the physicality to match them, but now the problem is you can't, like n- no team in world rugby realistically has the physicality to match the springboks maybe france on their day if, if they if if they're fully fit but the french 23 have never been fully fit in the past 3 years so like there's always been chopping and changing ne- you've never had the best team on the on the park with the best team on the park maybe france can can match them england just just below par but um the irish what they need to do what I what I would say they would need to do is try and get to toy Elizabeth and Diaka in particular out of the breakdown as much as possible by forcing no breakdown. So basically recycling the ball so quickly with pop passes, offloads, and basically do not create a rock situation. And then on the opposite side of the, of the ball, when you've got the likes of Diarca. Um, uh, etzebeth Visa carrying into you. It's gang tackles. It's get allowing Tygburn if he's able to play. Don't know if he's fit enough at the moment, but if he's able to play, al- allowing Tygburn to get over the ball and turn over possession. Effectively, you want to starve to the Springboks of possession in the in that first forty minutes, because if they do have the ball, they will pummel the Irish into submission, and then in the second half, they'll just take over.
0: We all remember the famous slash infamous quotes from Jake White before the 2004 November Internationals where he said he wouldn't pick one Irish player <laughs> in the South African team in Ireland went and beat them then three days later. Uh, it's, it's all been a bit more friendly on uh, this occasion. Stephen, certainly in the press conferences, Nina Bar has been full of praise for Johnny Sexton and saying, you know, at 37 he's, he's this and that and he's one of the best players and he's like a quarterback and, and all this. Um, how do the South Africans really feel about Ireland at the minute?
1: I said on Friday it's a healthy respect, and it's legitimately that. Uh, South Africa viewed this as the match of the series. It's the, I mean, South Africa have arguably the, the, the well, maybe not arguably, factually, the most, the most difficult November series of the Southern Hemisphere teams, playing world number one, world number two, get a quote-unquote rest week where they can be, able be a little bit more experimental against Italy, and then they're playing England in a... Out of test window match, so basically, so, quite a few of these uh, French and English-based South Africans are not able to play. So th- basically, uh, South Africa are coming and hoping they can get three wins out of four. But if they get two, it's actually probably a successful successful window. They want to win on Saturday, but I don't think they think it's a guaranteed win. I mean, look what happened when they came here yeah, five years ago. Mm-hmm. It was. Abysmal. We remember, yeah. I mean, uh, granted, the the the, the South African side and that South African side are like chalk and cheese. Mm. Um, But uh, no, it's legitimately. I think South Africa view this as the biggest match of the of their series. They think that. I personally, I think that if South Africa win, well. It's it's not so much winning, but it's winning well, and it's the manner of the win that South Africa need to to get right. They'll be very confident moving into the World Cup next year. I'm not saying that they're going to win it off the back of whatever happens this, this November. I'm not saying they'll be favourites off the back of whatever happens this November. But in, in in the camp, if they if they can actually if they can do like, do, do to Ireland what Ireland did to South Africa five years ago. They'll be floating on cloud nine, and it all really depends on what happens then in France a week later to, to see how they act, to see whether or not they view this this this, this is, as a, this tour as a success.
0: Yeah, interesting to see who shows the cards as well ahead of the World Cup next year in terms of shadowboxing or not or going all out. Stephen, finally, predictions. Um, be honest, come on. You can hurt you can hurt us if you want uh, to.
1: Nobody throw beers at me at, uh, at in the stand that you spot me. <laughs> 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 it's uh, I, th- I think South Africa probably going to win it by about six points. I'd say I'm not going to give a score, but I'll give a, a, a margin. I think it's probably six points. I don't think Willemser will have the right uh, the, the accuracy of the tee, but I think they might be able to to get the get the win on tries.
0: Fair play, Stephen. Thanks, man. As always, we have one of the comments in from Danger Dave. Hit rugby. But love listening to this South African. Well, ah. That's a nice compliment. Stephen Kisby-Green, thank you as always. So that's... OTB
1: AM with Gillette in association with Movember. effortless shave, Magnificent mo.